And welcome back, fishing friends, to Wind Against Tide. I'm Joey Fernand, and I'm joined in the studio with Adrian Lutier. Hey, what's going on, guys? And you, How you probably going? you probably noticed that Dave's not here, Joey. What's going on? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give Dave a bit of this one. What he did to me when yeah. I wasn't in last time it was like. <laughs> that's what nah, I think. Well, of Dave. he's absent. Um, I think he's a bit crook. His family's all crook, so. We've decided uh, not to have him in studio today. Well, he's decided. And Joey's got his YouTube playing live in the background. Thanks, no, Joey. No, that's okay. We've got a really big show tonight. Well, um, firstly, I'm back. Um, I'm back from Mauritius. So I'll, t- I'll tell you all about what happened in Mauritius fishing on the wonderful Sudan Bank. Um, we've got an update on Dave's cat that I had a, ex- a funny encounter with last week. Um, I've got some updates um, on my new motor. Um, Adrian's going to talk to us about some of the local fishing because it's been absolutely hot to trot in Port Phillip and Western Port, for that um, matter of fact. But uh, what what have you got um, to for the listeners to look forward to this week, Adrian? Well, Joey, you're fresh back from Mauritius, mate, and you're straight back into selling houses. How's that going for you? Because it's you know coming up to Christmas. Do you normally sell houses this time of year, or uh, what's going good, on? That's a good question. Look, um, so. Uh, it, things have slowed down a little bit. That we've been seeing steady rises of interest rates for the last three months, so there has been a little bit uh, less buyers in the market because obviously the interest rate goes up, the repayments go up. Um, some people can't get the money that they first wanted to borrow, but there are still some unbelievable houses there that are still getting good prices if they're presented really well at the moment and. Um, they're spick and span and, and, you know, the gardens are looking good and the house is not so cluttered. <laughs> um, there are some great um, real estate results um, at the moment. I guess at this time of the moment, people that um, don't look after their house and they want to sell it, um, uh, the, the, the cheaters are not getting the prices <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Joey, I've got a buddy of mine that some real estate you know, phenomenons happened. You've got and another buddy that's in real estate. <laughs> no, well, he's not in He's not in real estate, but I want to know if this has ever happened to you because you sell a lot of houses and this has sure. happened to a buddy of mine. Um, he's gone into have a look at houses, right? And I don't know how common this is. Like an appraisal or? No, no, to buy a house and he's, he's, gone, to, yep. he's gone to have a look. and um, Gone to an inspection. He's, yep. he's absolutely loved the house, fallen in love with it and it's a beautiful old house and he goes, um, you know, the next day he goes to real estate and, oh, how old is this house, by the way? And I think she said like 1890 or something. It's a beautiful old built house. And sure. he goes, oh, my God, does this house have ghosts? Yep. And the real estate agent said, oh, yeah, there's ghosts here. <laughs> Is that, does this actually happen, Joey? It's, um, that's, a, that's a really cool uh, question. Um, yeah, look, uh, I can, uh, our good mate uh, Winger, I believe, um, his, his property at, uh, at Crib Point, um, uh, he, he reckons him and um, his lovely wife, Justine, did believe that there was ghosts uh, in that property also. <laughs> yeah, right. So he lived in a house that had ghosts and he was happy with it and just sold it off. But Well, look, it depends if you believe in that sort of thing, you know. That's right. No, <laughs> but as a real estate agent, would you tell, you know, a buyer that you got ghosts in your house? Uh, I wouldn't be sort of advertising that as a great selling point for it, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a strange one, but, yeah, I thought, you know, you might have come across a story like that. 
No, no, I've never have. No. Okay, there you go. No, no ghosts, but they look, yeah, I've had people tell me about ghosts, but yeah, haven't experienced one myself yet, Adrian, to this day. So where have you been, Jelly? I've uh, been to Mauritius, yeah. so um, there's a lot of planning involved. Um, look, long, long story short was it was a three-day liveaboard trip on a place called the Sudan Bank, spelt S-O-U-D-A-N, so nothing to do with Sudan in Africa. It's just the name of um, what the bank is called. Um, it's 210 kilometres north of Mauritius, which is situated in the Indian Ocean. So really from, from Perth, I had to take the plane. It was uh, seven and a half hours from Perth, uh, straight across the Indian Ocean. There's no land and then you basically the first little island group is Mauritius, right before Madagascar. So, um, so you fish in the Indian Ocean and the Indian Ocean is famous for its calm seas. Was it calm when you went? The weather was absolutely spectacular, which was part of the planning of it. Um, I didn't book the airfare until we got the captain's weather call um, seven days prior to the trip. Um, I was able, yeah, I was able to g- get a share in the boat without putting a deposit down, but once the captain confirmed that the weather was good, um, I basically had to buy a, a full price premium economy ticket, which still wasn't was, wasn't too bad. Is this family rates that you're getting? Was it a family, you know, bloke uh, that got you on the boat? Uh, local rates. Local <laughs> rates? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a local down there, are you, Joey? Well, yeah, my cousin's a local um, in, in Albion down there, so yeah. So you basically flew halfway across the world just to go fishing. You avoided your family at all costs and just went fishing. Is that what happened? Oh, uh, yeah. Then, look, <laughs> I'm sure some of the listeners listening in, like their, their family just doesn't understand why we do what we do. Um, you know, my, my dad's Mauritian and all of his family, all of his cousins and uncles and aunties, they're all still there. So I got quite a large family base there and I caught up with some family and I told them, look, I'm doing this trip with uh, cousin Pierre-Yves and we're, we were going to the Sudan Bank and they just don't understand it. Like, oh, you're only in Mauritius for one week. <laughs> I said, yeah, I come to do the fishing trip. I said, when it's a family trip, like we'll have a two or three week stay. But um, they, how, they, how disappointed do your family get when you just avoid them? In, like, do you even let them know that you're in town? Yeah, well, I, I let yeah, I let them know that I was there. But, um, <laughs> so you've let them know you're in town and you've avoided them. No, That's look, the best. No, look, yeah. <laughs> just paid respect to the to the grandparents. Yeah, and, but we'll catch up with the other family next year. My, I've got um, a godfather. Uh, my dad's godfather there's turning 100 next year, so there'll be a big family party next year. But yeah, we we fished uh, Sudan Bank in Mauritius on the west coast of Mauritius. We departed from Albion, 210 kilometres into the Indian Ocean. We had beautiful. Three nights at sea, we had beautiful weather, sort of 8 to 15 knots um, for three days, which is unbelievable. For So you know, what was it, three knots are you talking? Sorry, eight to, 8 to 15 knots. And you're on this giant, what's the boat called, by the way? So you're on this giant boat, yeah, it's the, a liverboard. Yeah, the boat's called um, 50-50. It's not, it doesn't have anything painted on, but it's a custom-made uh, 50-footer, um, actually made in Mauritius. It's a 2000, uh, year 2000 build. Uh, it's got the galley kitchen. It had two separate sleeping bunks. Um, it was beautiful, in fact. Like each sleeping bunk actually had a fan. So even in those really hot tropical um, conditions, you, you you had a, like a nice fan just to circulate the air under the cabin. Hopefully, stop you so from it had, vomiting. Basically, had air conditioning. 
Did yeah, it? Yeah. Well, had a little had <laughs> so, fans. Um, so you're but, living in luxury on this 50 foot boat. Yeah, two cabins, and then up the pointy end of the boat, there was like a. I don't know, you could sleep probably three blokes there. It was really spaced out at the front of the blo- bloke, so you wouldn't have to play Big Spoon, Little Spoon <laughs> if you didn't have to sleep. But so I was, I was lucky enough to secure one of the cabins uh, that, that I didn't have to <laughs> share <laughs> with so, another bloke. So Shane, Shane's saying that's first world privilege, basically. Yeah, well... So I guess I was the one of the only white men on the boat. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's I'm joking. So, no, so we, how many blokes and were they all tourists that jumped on as um, guests to fish on this boat? So my my cousin Pierre Eve, my second cousin, chartered the the boat and um, he invited his his mates. So it was, oh, it so was everybody he invited that his mates. Yeah. Um, so you knew it, like everyone kind of knew who he, everyone was. Yeah, yeah. My cousin dished out the invites. So oh, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of a family charter. Thing going on, yeah. Well, um, but you know, like it's it's not a fishing trip for everyone. It's not a day out on the reef catching coral fish. It's a hardcore three day live at sea fishing trip, and you know, not everybody's into that. But um, yeah. So this is a com- basically a commercial fishing vessel, actually. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because <laughs> they're catching a lot of fish. Yeah, well, they they were sort of quoting, um, you know, we we should catch uh, twelve hundred kilos of fish on this trip, and when they started talking in thousands of kilos i'm like oh, hang on a second <laughs> <laughs> a thousand kilos of fish apparently wow that's incredible so when so you you've gone off for what how many days three days three days so we've left mauritius um on the friday evening at about four thirty, um cruising at nine and a half knots um, it was a 16-hour steam. 16 hours of non-stop driving no, yeah nine and a half knots the um the skipper basically puts it on autopilot and the crew all take uh, turns of monitoring the flybridge over the 16-hour journey. Um, so we, we've left Mauritius and there's a little group of remote islands north of Mauritius that we went through on sunset. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, then the the, skip, the skipper gets out the, the Weber, um, the big steel stainless uh, Weber box, and it was just brilliant. He actually brought the Weber and he's put it on the back deck. And as the boat's just going along at nine and a half knots, there's these holes in the bottom of this stainless steel box and he's lit the coals up and, and the wind actually makes the coals catch on really quick. So, oh, night, so they got a system for cooking out the back. Yeah, night number one, we, we had uh, beautiful chicken and, and pork chops um, on the Weber on coals. Like this is luxury. I can imagine here. a lot of chilli going on those... Um those chops. Yeah, and it was chicken. fairly, fairly. Um, I'm gonna say it's fairly Western seasoned. It wasn't like you know, it was just his salt and pepper and, and a bit and of brownie. <laughs> um, no, we didn't have brownie, but yeah, we had barbecue night one, so had a good night's sleep. Um, we arrived at Sudan Bank um, five five thirty the next morning, and just like clockwork, um, five thirty wake up. All I can hear is just the Tiagras <laughs> putting the lines out. So that was a beautiful alarm <laughs> so clock to wake. Up. No, that was a beautiful alarm clock to wake up to. So. The, the Tiagra gears were, were churning at 5.30am and um, yeah, morning number one, we were got stuck straight away into yellowfin tuna, sort of um, on the first day they were a little bit small, they were sort of that sort of 10 to 20 kilo range, so did a few hours of uh, trolling so, in the morning. So have you ever caught yellowfin before, Joey? No, that was the first for me. We so, caught my first yellowfin tuna. That's, that's pretty cool, Joey. Yeah, they're, they're a beautiful animal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we caught some tuna in, and, in the morning. And I'm guessing you tagged and released these fish? No, it was, um, it was, it was keep uh, everything. The, um, yeah, the skipper um, sells the fish to the, to the local fishmongers and um, 
and to the the club med there and um, just the locals. So, so so it's a commercial fishing vessel. Well, look, I don't know what the rules are in Mauritius, but <laughs> yeah, we uh, the, the fish were caught. Um, you know. To, 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 to be sold but it's not like we were there like they were very cruisy about it it's not like oh you have to catch fish with a <laughs> with a whip but <laughs> yeah with a crane and some uh, steel wire <laughs> these fish are never coming off we need them yeah no it was a, it was recreation yeah oh that's cool but yeah so we trolled morning number one then you get to about sort of oh, the- I want to know before morning number one yeah you're, you're prone to getting seasick especially yep. when the the Natural daylight disappears and it becomes dark and you're wobbling like this. Yep. Did you get seasick, Joey? Um, I did get seasick, but it wasn't enough to ruin the trip. And I wasn't sick on night number one. Um, the procedure I took this time around, I, look, I take Quell seasickness tablets. Um, I, I just ran it. I really wanted to try the Escape with ET um, seasick system, but I just didn't have time to get it in from interstate and whatnot. So I popped two Quell pills um, before we jumped on the boat and um, I took one every four hours until I went to sleep and I was fine on night number one. Uh, no problems. Um, fished all day, uh, day, day number one. Uh, on night number one, um, yeah, I, I, I threw up. But, um, <laughs> you threw up? Just, just when I you got just told to, me you were fine. No, I was fine. Look, I just had one little spew on night number one but then I just went to bed and it was fine the next day. And the now, next how, many, how many barrels of rum was – you know, drunk on this on this whole trip. Oh, look, the the boys had whiskey and and beer out, and um, that that was flowing. But this, look, I look, I love a whiskey and a bit and a beer, but I just it wasn't in the mood when, it, like, I wasn't sick, but it just, I don't know, I just wasn't wasn't feeling it to partake. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But, so. So you made it through to day two with vomiting once. Yeah, it, just, it was just one vomit and, and that was it. Because you were terrified of, you know, getting bad weather because you're like, oh, no, there's going to be Vomitron 6000 out there. But Yeah, yeah, I was, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, Apparently you were on the Manhattans, Joey. <laughs> Manhattans. <laughs> That's oh, what yeah. uh, Shane's saying. And by the way, we just got our first ever Super Chat. Um, two dollars. That's incredible. Someone chatted for us. What do they want to know? <laughs> it was just Dave. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you, so you you can super chat wind against tide now. You can hang out with us in the chat room um, while we're live on the air, and if there's something that you want answered, you can. Uh, yeah, we're basically uh, male strippers. <laughs> you can piff money at us, and we might answer some questions. Joey might drink a Manhattan, guys. If you super chat him. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, you know, you've made it out to sixteen hours to get out there, travelling at what was it, nine knots? Was nine it? and a half knots. That's ridiculously slow. <laughs> just saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's taking you sixteen hours. So, what is pseudo mag? Is it a natural atoll that just comes out of the ocean, or like a sand cave thing? Yeah. It's look. It's it's. A, I'm just going to say it's a coral bank. I guess. Oh, coral bank. So it's not a sand atoll. I'm 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 guessing. Look, I'm taking a guess. Yeah, I think it's a coral bank because we were catching. We, we went jigging and we caught a lot of coral fish, which I'll get to in a second. But, and, you know, essentially the way I understand it, you know, Mauritius, as soon as you get out through the, the pass, as they call it, through the reef, the, yeah. the pass into the reef, it drops off to the continental shelf straight away to 2,000 metres. That's why Mauritius is like one of the best blue marlin fisheries in the world because they've got that shelf so close to – it's basically a natural eddy, like 
Mauritius. Like the water's just breaking on it. And look, just to put it in perspective to our listeners, like my cousin lives at this town called Albion. It's basically if you live down at Bond Beach in Seaford or Seaford somewhere down there, and literally you could catch marlin at like like dead flat calm, and then five hundred meters from the shore, it's electric blue purple water. And like any place in the world, you can go to the best fishing spot, but timing is everything. But yeah, the, he gets marlin out the front of his doorstep in the um, you know January and February in those real summer months. The water was twenty four degrees at the moment, which was, is cold for this time of year. Well, for them it was cold. They yeah. said twenty four. They said um, we don't we don't take we don't jump in that water. We'll we'll get hypothermia basically. <laughs> so once the water in Mauritius gets to twenty six degrees. Um, the bonito schools start coming in, and when the bonito schools start coming in, that's when the marlin yep. come in. The big Natural predators bait, just yep. follow follow the bait. Yep, the the food chain. Yep, that's exactly right. So yeah, then did you do any marlin fishing? Or the, obviously the water was probably too cold. We we did try for a marlin. So during those uh, sixteen hours when we left Mauritius, it was late afternoon. Um, we do troll until sunset um, because. We are covering such a such a wide distance, so yeah, we we trolled for, for marlin on the way to and from Sudan Bank on day two when we'd caught our fish. Um, we we made a call to either keep catching yellowfin or chase a marlin, and look, we'd had enough of the yellowfin by then. So the skipper took us to the edge of the bank, and um, we put the eighty wides out, and we we tried for marlin. We did. We weren't lucky to get a marlin, but. Um, Dave, <laughs> Dave's um, editing up um, a video, which, by the way, will be available on our on our YouTube channel pretty soon. So make sure you like and subscribe. And when that video comes up, Dave is uh, editing the the footage from Sudan Bank. Yeah. Now, was this one of your best yellowfin that you caught out there? Yeah, that is a cracking fish. Like, yeah, I reckon that was the second best one. Um, that's about yeah, twelve kilo. No, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and some. <laughs> yeah. Now, how big do you reckon that is? Because it's a good-looking oh, fish. It's got got some sickles going on it, and I reckon high twenties. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And and you're using eighty wides for these fish, are you? No, no. Um, when we were doing when we were hot on the yellowfin schools, it was thirty and fifty tiagras, um, and they had sort of these short uh, chairs um, to just do like small pumping and winding. Like when I saw the game chairs, I was like, oh, come on, because I'm so used well, to for fishing. little for little tuna they had a game chair. Yeah, well, oh, come on, Joey. <laughs> well, you know what do you what do you do, Adrian? Look, my, my cousin actually he's a kite surfer and yeah. he wanted to do it on stand up. He'd been watching hey, all that. The- would be cool, man. Yeah. He'd been watching all of our um, our videos, and I've told him he's, he's quite a, he's getting good at game fishing. My cousin, yeah, and um, he's made his own um, harness um, from a kite surf. He's got a rod bucket, so and, he, a, and a wait, kite surfing. You telling me he's going to catch tuna from a kite surfing? So he's going to be holding onto the kite one hand, no, with no. a rod in the <laughs> other hand. No, he's using the harness that harnesses you from kite surfing. Oh. He's jimmied that up together with a rod bucket to make his sort of a homemade. Black magic equalizer oh, okay, harness. Yeah. So yeah, look, they improvise in Mauritius, Adrian. You know, like they they see <laughs> us buy a, something like a black magic equalizer for three hundred and fifty bucks, and they go, "Well, we can just make one of these our own." Well, that's what happens in you know, third world countries. Um, you just you do what you do. Um, you're not going to spend a billion dollars on one little thing, are you? That's exactly right. We got a good we got a good over here. But Mauritius has, has come a hell of a lot a long way. It's um. Very cosmopolitan, it's very nice. It's got a lot of European influence there. So, yeah, that country's doing pretty well at the minute. Yeah. 
Oh, that's good. That's very cool. So do we want, do we want to take a, a break from Sudan Bank? Why don't we just roll on a little bit to the other stuff and then um, we, we can come back to this. Oh, yeah. So, all right, what do you got for us now, Joey? You want to get onto something well, pretty I, quick, I, I want to know. Because, I want, I want to know about people want to know if you picked up in Mauritius. <laughs> Did you jump on the Tinder, Joey? You know what? I'm gonna, I'm just gonna look. I'm gonna um, flirt with danger here. But like, my mind was just totally engrossed in fishing. I did not think about my penis once. For <laughs> seven times, mind, Joey. I promised you, I did. You didn't dangle the worm. Look, you're in paradise, there's, mate. There's other things that happened there. Look, I, I finally decided after you know years of filming and 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 fishing with. Um, with, with these boys, look, I'd get myself uh, set up with my own uh, GoPro system and, and windproof mic system. So I, was, I had that occupied and, yeah. you know, I was so scared about, you know, I hope the, um, the footage is going to be good. Um, <laughs> is, the, is the audio going to be good? Is it not going to be jittery? Like just went through the checklist <laughs> of everything that is required to make, you know, look. <laughs> required to make a good porno. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. A few mates saw my uh, setup of my um, my my GoPro um, yeah. Hero Eleven and the windproof, and they're like, "You want to oh, make a like porno it. with that?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's a clamp, but hands free. <laughs> Anyways, go. yeah. So no Tinder while you're away. No. Okay. Just fishing. Just just fishing and just <laughs> get, just getting the job done, Adrian. Getting it done. Now you did well. You caught a you caught a lot of fish. Yeah, we did. Caught plenty. Yeah, but what I would really love to know, like the the, the you know while you, while I was over there, the the local fishing was was unbelievable. Like, and you had an amazing session. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, guys, if you haven't seen it, jump on Wind Against Tide's YouTube channel, um, and check out Adrian's crazy hot session on the Western Port Snapper. He did it all on his own, um, with four rods and and a camera. And he, f- he filmed an absolute epic session on the snapper. So make sure you check that one out. Tell us a little bit about what happened there. Oh, we've already talked about that, Joey. You've you've been gone in Rivers. Oh, really? Yeah, Did you cover three off weeks one? ago? Yeah. I just there's <laughs> been there's been plenty of great snapper fishing at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, when since you're away, the the water temp in Port Phillip Bay and Western Port have just become prime for these big fish to come by in the deep water, and you know. They, all the charter operators are bagging out three times a day, and and you know they're, they're catching big fish, Joey. Like everyone's catching big fish. I know I've seen some plenty, plenty of you know seven, eight, you know maybe even nine kilo fish. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if you want to catch snapper, like the time to go is now. Like it is absolutely on fire. Like if we weren't podcasting tonight, I probably would have gone tonight. I'm absolutely hanging. <laughs> I yeah. haven't been fishing since I've been back. I got back Wednesday two weeks ago. Well, Joey, you got a new motor put on your boat and it has been on for at least three weeks, right? No, nah, it's been on for t- 10 days. 10 days. You know, first the first thing, first instance when I pick up a brand new motor put on my boat, I'm, I don't go home. I don't take the boat to the factory. I take that boat straight to the water and go. Let's see what this mode can do. Oh, I'm don't pro- you have the itch for this? I'm chomping at the bit. It's just, you know, it's that it's that time of the the, the year, that pointy end of the year. Freaking work events, uh, work commitments. I've, I've yeah, play playing a lot in the band at the moment. A lot of end of year Christmas dues. Um, you know, usually I'm pretty good for a Friday night off, but I've just been 
Look, it's excuses, mate. Let's just put it to that. <laughs> but, um, excuses. But you got a brand new dong. Yeah, you, you, got, you got some pictures of it there. Yeah, I'll find b- it, b- before and we got we got a bit of before and after shots um, um, here. Yeah, we certainly do. It, yeah, we've um, – so more or less we replaced a, uh, yeah, a 1998 two-stroke force uh, Mercury, 40, 40 horsepower, a two-cylinder. And there's the brand new donk there. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. It's a three-cylinder um, EFI. Yeah, it seems to fit quite nicely. We've got the digital gauge. Um, They're actually pretty well. good, those gauges. I've had one of them before, and they tell you everything you want to know. It had like a plus and minus button that says troll. What, yeah, what's yeah, that so all about? Yeah, yeah, so you can change your RPM. Um, so when you're in gear, you can basically go down to, I think, about 400 RPM. And so when you're just in gear, I think it normally hovers around eight or 900 RPM, but you can go right down and get that trolling speed down even lower. Oh, wow. Which just, is amazing. Just on the gauge there. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get that wet soon. But the other thing that's just totally wrecked me from fishing, and yeah. I've, I've got to say it, um, Soccer World Cup, the FIFA World Cup finals, guys. It's <laughs> the, the I've, I've just you've just gotten around the soccer rules. What's happened to Italy? Where's your team, Italy? Oh, I'm half Italian, but they didn't qualify this time around. But <laughs> big big match of um, soccer soccer tonight um, at two a.m. Uh, the Socceroos are going to take on Denmark. We're in the the group stages uh, after we got we got thrashed by France, but that was a given. They're the world champions. Uh, we won against Tunisia where we picked up three points on the table. Um, but tonight, if the Socceroos win or draw, that puts them um, second place in Group D, which means <laughs> they're straight through to the round of 16, which is knockout phases. If Australia can make it to the knockout phase, they're going to get to the same position as where they were in 2006. Ah, yes, when the old Italians dived to get to the – to get to the grand final, basically. Yes, I did. I think the whole <laughs> nation just all spat at the TV all at once at that moment. I'll never forget that. Um, now, now, you're Italian. Are you a bit of a diver yourself? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, mate. Look, You yeah. stage a few things, do you? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of some other friends that do love okay, to yeah. set up and stage things. but uh, Yeah, go yeah, on, name some names. Nah, nah. Name and shame. No, no, no. I got in trouble <laughs> last time I did that. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, big night of soccer tonight. So, um, no, the, the, the soccer's just absolutely ruined me for <laughs> fishing <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> do they – now, Shane wants to know, do they use Tiagras in fishing uh, – in soccer, sorry. No, they definitely don't. I don't think they use think anything su- Shimano in soccer. <laughs> I think he's suggesting this is a fishing podcast, Joey, yeah. not a soccer podcast. No, that's it. That's the end of that, so – yeah, so you got your you got your new motor. So is it going to happen this weekend? Are you going to take it out finally? Maybe well, this Friday. Well, look, um, that just leads me perfectly into um, our weather segment. <laughs> here we go. Hit the, we bu- got, hit the button. We got Joey's um, weather segment here, guys. So check this out. Well, once again, we've got the uh, seven-day metropolitan Melbourne coastal waters forecast, proudly brought to you by uh, Will Seabreeze. <laughs> and um, look, if you are thinking about doing some local coastal fishing in Melbourne for the next five days, it's literally, you know, under under ten knots. It's 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 five to ten knots for uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Isn't today Monday. Wednesday? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm just including today. So, there's <laughs> so still, today was good fishing th- weather, was it? There's still time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's still time to go, Adrian, but, yeah, it's literally five to ten knots until uh, Monday next week. So I would say there's going to be a heck of a lot of boats out this weekend and hopefully I'm one you of them. You reckon a few guys are going to call in sick this Friday? Absolutely, and maybe even Monday by the looks of it. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. So you're going to be slaying them on Friday, are you? Um, I'll probably got my my eyes set maybe Sunday at this stage. Oh, so not Friday. Dave rec- Dave's just writing in that you're taking him out on Friday. Yeah, it's um. Well, I hope he's better by then. Oh yes, it's really dependent on him. Oh, Davey boy, <laughs> you're not well enough to fish with Joey on his tinny. Well, I think I'm going to try go out a few days this weekend. Um, you know what? I what, are you, actually, what are you thinking? Well, I actually got you know. Offered me and Dave got offered by Jonah and Tassie to fish Pedro Blanca because it's it's pretty rare to have good weather. Pedro Pedro Blanca, tell tell us again how far that that out is and and where it's situated. So Pedro Blanca is um, an island about twenty six kilometers south of um, the main island of Tasmania, yep. and it's basically the last island before you hit to Antarctica. Wow! And, and it's this big, great island in. The middle of nowhere, and it's I think it's about forty meters high or something, and it just stands out. And the tuna fishing in that area is just insane. Even right now, we're like in the summer months. It hasn't been much of a summer, but it, yeah, even this time of year. Yeah, well, they've been catching barrels up until last week there. Um, wow, on the last uh, weather event. But um, unfortunately, I can't make it. So I would have loved to go on there. So. In, Instead, I'm probably just going to do some, uh, you know, snapper fishing, I guess. <laughs> but the, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. The snapper fishing's been amazing. Good, A good friend, uh, Winger's just been absolutely destroying the snapper lately. Oh, yeah. Winger's, lately. Been, Winger's been going out every single night. I'll tell you a story, right, Joey. So a couple of weeks ago, me and Winger were basically fishing, you know, four, four days a week and we'll just incidentally end up Side by side. We didn't tell each other where we were fishing. It just it just happened. Yeah, it's classic. Um, yeah, you just follow, <laughs> I guess, the trend, like where the fish are going and stuff, and we end up being in the same spot. But um, last night he was messaging saying, oh, look, Adrian's, Adrian's here. He's next to me off Tyab. And he was messaging me like, oh, how many fish you got? And I was just mucking around saying, oh, yeah, I got this and that. And... Then he messages me again, goes, oh, I've got another good one. How many you got? And I send him a photo and I go, you know what? I'm actually in bed. <laughs> oh, what? What do you mean? You're right next to me, aren't you? There's a blue renegade with a Yamaha. <laughs> I go, what? There's I'm not a, out there. There's a carbon copy. I wonder who, <laughs> I wonder, maybe it's someone who listens to Wind Against Tide that someone else, you've, you've inspired, you've, uh, you've, uh, Instagram influenced someone well, into buying a Renegade with a Yamaha on it. Well, that <laughs> would be the case if Brendan knew how to call boats properly because it probably wasn't a Renegade and it probably wasn't blue either. <laughs> He's complaining about his Aussie old boy. Yeah, so no, <laughs> no. He, he actually thought I was out there like up until about 11 o'clock last night and I had to tell him <laughs> I wasn't there. But I think he caught about 20 fish last night all around that four to seven kilo so it's going good, really good. And he got a he got a huge bronzy as well. Yeah, he got so, a, he got a big bronzy. So it's great to see some of those um, big sharks are actually moving up the north arm. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the, as the water's getting warmer, you're seeing 
you know, the big sharks move in to spawn and, um, yeah, it's becoming really good fishing at the moment. Um, and it's only a matter of time before people start getting bored of the snapper because this time of year it becomes quite easy. It's the same cycle every year and you know what, I was we spoke speaking to Dave last week and we're coming again once again to that that pointy end of the year, we're all looking forward to Christmas. You know, a lot of us have got maybe two, three weeks off. We're not sure when we're going back to work. And um, you, you really just have to be in tune with Mother Nature as to what the fish are doing because, um, uh, you know, I've, I've experienced it myself. Sometimes you've got those two weeks off over Christmas and fishing's just a, a non-event. Like you can't find to seem, can't seem to find to catch anything good. But, um, you know, I can think of times where, We've had the snapper in Western Port go well past Christmas. We've had amazing, you know, Boxing Day night sessions and the day after Boxing Day on the snapper. Um, you know, I've had good whiting fishing before between the, the break. Sometimes the kingies come on. You know, last year we, we headed down to Portland um, between the Christmas and New Year break. Yeah, and, we, um, we took, we're very fortunate to we have... We took the 420 Renegade and filmed some absolutely insane footage. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joey's just getting a call while we're live podcasting, guys. Yeah, I wonder if I can. Um, I wonder <laughs> if I can. Uh... Yeah, um, yeah. So you get, you're gonna get some blood on your motor this Sunday, then. I, you, I hope so. Yeah. You, you're not taking. Um, yeah. I'll... Yeah, yeah. I'm um, hope, Hopefully, on Sunday, I'll be free of uh, real estate and band commitments, and um, we'll look at organising something. Yeah. So you. Did you want to call someone, did you? Yeah, yeah. Is that um, Roadcaster? Is that what the yeah. desk is? Number two. Yep. yep, yep, yep. So Joey's live calling someone. Yep, we're going to call It's a, it's call a date. It's right his now. hot date. Let's see if it comes through. Here we go, guys. I, don't, I have no idea who he's calling, but apparently it's a... Sorry, Joey. Benny. It's Joey, <laughs> yeah. how are you? Oh, shit. It's Benny. You're live on the oh, podcast. <laughs> You're live on Wind Against Tide. Oh, you... <laughs> Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, God, what's happening here? (laughs) You've been absolutely destroying the snapper the last few trips. We were just talking about you. Can you tell us a little bit about um, your experience out on the Great Port? Well, I could do that. (laughs) Hey, how's it going in there with that day, boys? How's the chemistry? Oh, it's great. Oh, Adrian and I are falling in love. It's by minute by minute. So we're, Is there any way I can speak without hear, hey, hearing myself? Um, probably not. You're probably going to take yourself off um, speaker. But he, here's Benny here with a giant um, bronzy that you got last night. Yeah, I'll show you. Have a look at this thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> I want... No, I want... Okay. Okay. Is that just going to drive you insane, the, the echo of your... Yeah, it's coming back to me. T- turn him, turn him off. <laughs> All good, Benny. We'll catch up with you another time, but we'll just keep talking about yeah, your no amazing fishing. Thank you, mate. Bye bye. So, yeah, so Joey's just done an impromptu call, and it, <laughs> and it hasn't worked well at no, all. No, that's all right. Put, put that photo back up of Brendan and his amazing bronzy that he had. Yeah, so I got this um this shark last night, and it's pretty hard to land these in the currents of Western Ford because you get bitten off quite easy. Yeah, full of teeth, and, um, you know, most of the people that are inside the port, you know, we're not fishing with uh, wire traces and hooks. It's just a heavy monofilament leader and hooks. So for actually the hooks to stick inside a fish like that, it's it's a huge uh, achievement. And there has been quite a few school sharks as well um, being caught lately in the port 
also. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, um, yeah, I've never seen so many school sharks being caught in, you know, in a season. Like this one bloke, I reckon he's caught like four or five in Western Port this year. Yeah. In in like a couple of weeks he caught them all, that's which pretty, is unbelievable. It's pretty good going, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Brendan got some good um, snapper as well last night because it's, it's absolutely going off. Have a look at that thing. Wow, look at that. Beautiful. Yep, absolutely. Look at the colours on it. Like, so red. Yeah, so um, you're going to take the 420 out. I mean, your 420 dory. Um, what was the what was your purpose of getting the new motor so you could go to new ventures with it? I just wanted a really um, – just, just a reliable – Reliable motor, but mo- mostly the economy, Adrian. Like on the Force um, Mercury, we're getting like one kilometre to one litre of petrol. And, you know, you've got a 25 litre tank. So, you know, we're launching at, say, Stony Point. You want to go over to Observation Point on the Snapper. Um, you'd have to bring uh, extra fuel, you know, from Stony Point to Observation Point. What would you call that? 12 k's? <laughs> it's not that far at all. It's probably, yeah. It's probably about 15Ks or something. And, oh, and, it's not that far. You, well, it yeah. was far for me on a 25-litre yeah. tank, one one litre of petrol and oil, <laughs> or, you know, you know mixing. So the you'd pe- use 25 litres to get from there and back to Stony Point? But yeah, you'd have to bring an extra 10 litre oh, with oh, you. Oh, wow. So 30, 35 litres to get from observation point to... Look, we could do it in 25, but, you know, if it's rough, you know, it's going to use more motor. You've always got a budget for... Extra fuel, as you'd know, but just these these brand new motors are just crazy, crazy efficient. Like, um, look, I, look, I bought it from JV uh, Marine, and um, yeah, Mark Stav was letting me know there that you know, twenty five litre tank on a forty horsepower, you should be getting seventy five k's. So, I reckon it was around this time last year. You you took your your little tinny out of Carum all by yourself. Oh, you, yeah. just went, you just went for a little tut tut around. And you gave me a phone call and you said, oh, Adrian, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm at home. Oh, is your boat at home? I go, yeah, why is that? Oh, my motor's not starting. I go, where are you? Oh, in the middle of Port Phillip Bay. <laughs> so what happened? Well, no, I had motor trouble. I Look, it was really, really calm and we'd been having you know some intermittent faults with the motor. Um, we just had the, the coils changed on it because um, the marine mechanic that looked at it thought that was a problem. So, yeah, I was just – I purposely took it out to try and make it fault. And, yeah, I got it to fault because I was trying to explain to the marine mechanic, look, it's faulting when certain thing was happening and the coils just got changed and it was still faulting. Um, you know, we replaced then the stator. We, we sunk hundreds <laughs> of dollars into it to try and fix yeah. it. And, look, it starts and it runs okay, but – after it gets hot for a while, it'll just stop for a little while. You literally have to bob there for five minutes and then it'll just fire up again just fine. You know, <laughs> I felt so bad. Like I called you saying, mate, give us a tow back in. Yeah. I just sat there bobbing in the calm. It when wasn't the motor calm came, though. It was oh, rough. I wasn't rough. It I was... remember coming through the entrance. I go, it's rolling in the entrance. And Joey's taking an unreliable boat and motor out and he's broken down. It was, it was okay, but... Yeah, by the time you've putted, I've made the SOS call to you and you've putted over to me, I've gone, just hang on one second and I've done a turn of the key and boom, she fired up again. Yeah, you had the cowling off the motor. You're standing in the back trying to see what's going on with your motor. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Yeah, trying to see if it'll go on one cylinder or not. But anyways, look, it's all done now. There's a new motor. So you won't break down anymore. I won't 
I won't receive any more phone calls from Joey to save him. No, we're gonna we we will organise it, but we'll have um some dueling tinnies. Oh, absolutely happening. Yeah, could you imagine us like you, me, and Brendan with our tinnies, like making a basically a flotilla in Western Port and just drifting down, tied up, and just catching fish and yeah. having a good time. That would be great. Let's uh let's do that. When are we doing it? Maybe Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So Sunday's good weather by the by your. Joe Bun report. Yeah, it's um, mate, it's like maximum of ten knots for the next five days. It doesn't like puff up until Monday afternoon, so it's like absolutely brilliant. brilliant fishing for the next five days. I think I'm going to go a couple of times this um weekend. Make the most of it, mate. You know what happens? There's going to be Christmas shopping. There's going to be oh, work breakups. There's going to be everyone just wants to smash out their their work for the end of the year so they can uh, put their feet up and relax. I think it's going to be a good Christmas season. Oh, absolutely. So, Joey, I believe you've got to grind my gear this week. Yeah, you want to hit the button? Yeah, absolutely. Hang on, Joey. Give us a sec. We now go to Peter Griffin for You Know What Really Grinds My Gears. Thanks, Tom. You know what really grinds my gears? What absolutely infuriates me, absolutely infuriates me. I was having dinner at Dave's house last week. <laughs> The dinner was, was it Dave's cooking? The dinner was beautiful. Was we had tacos. Uh, you know, it, it, we, we organised to have tacos and um, it was a beautiful meal and um, I've had taco meats and cheese and sauce dribbled all <laughs> over my face because it's a, it, it's a messy affair. Like, let's yeah. be honest, if you if you don't have taco all over your face, <laughs> you've, uh, you haven't done it properly. So, had, so Dave's cooking Dave and the Maddie, taco on your face is infuriating you. Yeah, Dave, Dave and Maddie have put on a beautiful spread of tacos and, um, yeah, it's um, just indulged and we've had that. I've got it all over my face and I've gone to Maddie. Hey, hey Maddie, have you, you got a napkin? I was like, yeah, yeah, we got napkins. And she's just like, oh, you know, Dave, just just go into that top drawer there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think there's some uh, Christmas napkins. Christmas napkins. Uh-oh. This only means trouble. It's not Christmas yet. Well, on a Christmas napkin, well, yeah, it's not Christmas yet, but on a Christmas napkin, they're generally painted with red and green paint. And, you know, there's no absorption of taco that happens in the napkins. So... You know, it's like a wax paper a napkin and it just smears the taco even more all over your face. And <laughs> that, I was like, that Joey, is not a friggin' napkin, like friggin' Christmas napkins. You know, they need to be absor- – like it's not called a napkin. It should be – it's more for decoration than actually for Absolutely, practicality. yes. That's what I was going to say. So these Christmas napkins are basically just a, a bit of plastic that absorbs nothing and it's a decoration yeah, thing. So I've just grabbed the Christmas napkin. And How I've just, dare and I've they just, decorate it? I've just wiped more taco up the side of my head. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it's very infuriating. So that's what grinds my gears. <laughs> so we'll get this straight. Dave's cooking was okay. It was beautiful. Okay, that's good. I had, like, <laughs> you know, homemade, um, you know, guacamole and um, had, like, beautiful spicy uh, meat and uh, we had hand-grated cheese and, and sour creams and um, soft and hard tacos. <laughs> we had them both. So that was good. But then, yeah, the... the it all just came unraveled when the, the Christmas napkins came out. Yes, <laughs> the Christmas napkins. I basically had to just go and do a face wash yeah. in his uh, powder room with some uh, soap all over my face. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, was, that still felt nice too. So <laughs> it was all ends well in the end. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we started this, um, this podcast 15 minutes late because Joey was running late and 
There's a reason Charlie was running late and he's not happy about this. He bought another fish tank, guys. I bought another fish tank. <laughs> the fish tank didn't even fit in his house. It doesn't fit in the house. I've got an eight-foot aquarium in my lounge room and it doesn't fit in the little side room that I wanted it to fit in. Oh, goodness, Joey. So, so what have you done? So I've got two giant aquariums in my living room now. Yeah. Um, I found a, a cheap eight-foot aquarium on Marketplace that was too good to be true um, from, a, I think, an aquarium that was uh, getting rid of it in Frankston. So I've bought it and um, been busy lately, as you can probably tell. So I hired some professionals to move it, which did an amazing job of moving it. This is like a 200 kilo tank on a, on a big timber, so how big timber is, frame. How big is this tank if it's not fitting in your house? It must be bloody huge. It's like, what is it, the Melbourne Aquarium in your house? It's enough to fit a dolphin in it. What? No. you got a live a, dolphin in your house. No, it's it's eight foot by two and a half foot by two foot and it's um it's got an inbuilt uh, sump filter. So it's a self-cleaning large aquarium. Is this a saltwater thing? Uh, it's a freshwater. So freshwater. If, if people that don't know, I, I like, look, <laughs> I keep uh, African cichlids. Um, I've got this um, beautiful fish um, from Lake Tanganyika in Africa. It's called uh, Petrochromus. 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 Is Pet- that the fish? Petrochromus red bulu. And um, it's a type of African cichlid that um, once it was allowed to be imported into the country, but apparently you can't import it anymore. So the people that had those fish Is this like a blood diamond kind of thing? It's it's a – I'll describe for you in a second, but basically this fish, you, you can't import them anymore into Australia. So in the fish-keeping African hobby, people that had this fish in yeah. Australia – we can only just breed the stock that's um, available. Look, aquariums are a bit like gardening. You know, you you, um, you, grow, you know, grow vegetables or you, you breed fish, and everyone sort of shares their fish with each other and gets to enjoy it. But, anyways, I I, I had these petrochromus. I bought them from a fry, little little you know, th- two three centimeter um, fish. Uh, I've had them for seven years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got them in a six foot aquarium. Um, I've, I've got uh, eight males and six females. And um, I, I had they have bred successfully a couple of times over the seven years. I have <laughs> so literally you, a couple of these times. Giant fish tanks to breed these fish that you can't import anymore. So yeah. you're trying to do a loophole to bring these fish into the country and sell them. Well, I'm not. I'm, I, I got them in Australia. I didn't import them. They, they were. They were. I got them as a as a baby from New South Wales from, a, from another fish breeder. And um, yeah, so we've. I grew up those fish for seven years in this one tank, and but now they're just too big. Like with um, African cichlids, when you breed fish, um, probably the same as any other animals, really. Um, it's much better to have more females than than males because ah. the, the you know it's just like the human world. The the males compete for uh, the, the the females. So, so look, it's, it's uh, like uh, Joey uh, at the bar. He's picking these women. He goes, "I'm going to impregnate that one, that one, that one." Is this what the males do? Something like that. It's, you know, in the club. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and in my tank, you know, there's eight boys fighting over six six girls. So when the opportunity... <laughs> Is that what you do at the, at the pub? <laughs> you pick up six chicks here. <laughs> so, look, basically that's the the tanks, the, the fish are about the size of my hand now. I've got 14 fish that are the size of my hand in a six-foot tank. That's a big That's a big fish. They're, they're, they're massive for it. This is a home... Fish. <laughs> I might have to Google this. 
you can Google and I'll, I'll keep uh, going, cracking on. Um, so uh, basically a brand new, you know, eight to 10 foot aquarium, or I priced one up, it, you're basically looking at 10 grand, which is... What's that, Petrochromus? Petrochromus uh, red. Yeah. Petrochromus red. Um, a brand new 10 foot tank, sort of you're looking at nine to 10 K. And um, yeah, this tank was, which was uh, eight foot, it was only a few hundred dollars and then it cost me another few hundred dollars to get it professionally moved. And, um, yeah, we had the professional movers come. What um, am I looking at? Uh, uh, basically. Is that that thing? Uh, no, I'll, uh, I can, um, I can spell it for you if you like. I don't mind. Oh yeah. There it is there. I spelled it wrong guys. Uh, there it is. That's it there. That thing yeah, with the yeah. black head. It looks yeah. like a sheepfish. Well, it's, it's like a navy blue head. It just depends on how you're looking at it. It's a navy Blue head and um, yeah, red. It's um, very much like a stamp. Oh, that's a really good one in the bottom uh, left-hand corner. And that that's it. it. They're they're really um, they're a highly aggressive fish. They they love to be kept in a school. So they they swim together in a school. And like at the moment, in a six-foot tank, that's they're, they're they're too small. So I've got this huge eight-foot tank that's just been moved inside the house. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit in the side room that I wanted to keep it in because I have had a six-foot tank in this side room where I wanted the eight-foot tank to go. So, look, we're going to have to do a bit of jigsaw puzzles with the current six-foot tank that's there and the uh, eight-foot tanks that's there, but that's a problem for another day. But more or less, that's the goal. We're trying to move the fish into a bigger tank, which um, I'll probably take some of the males out of the colony so we'll make it like three boys to six girls, and you then need they'll be. Tank. No, just I'll make the group less less uh, boys, so that we can encourage more breeding. So, with the six foot tank that's there, that might just temporarily home um, four or five males, yeah. um, while we experiment and see if we can uh, make the, the these fish breed. We <laughs> got people on the on the chat saying, "Didn't you measure first, Joey?" I did, but but like, how do you measure how it turns down a hallway into a room? Like, a you get a tape measure and you measure every angle of your house. Well, there you go. It's you're going you to have to get a glass cutter in and cut it down and put it back together. Oh hell no, no. Well, so I've put it onto um felt felt things on my timber floor. Like, luckily it's a concrete slab house, and look, we can we can we can push it, but gonna need some uh, fellas to help move the uh. The six foot. Yeah, that's how thick there. is this glass on this tank? It's Tw- gonna be twelve mil. Twelve mil. So it's gonna be heavy. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you obviously need a few blokes on it because it's gonna be um, it's gonna be warping and cracking if you don't grab it from individual I, spots. Then. I think Dave might have Dave might have helped me move the six foot when it first arrived. Yeah. The f- tank number one. I think he was present um, when we when we got that inside the house from my garage into the house. I think he was present. Yeah. Okay. So, did he break it? No, no, he was good. Oh, strong, good. strong fella, Dave. So, if anyone wants to buy a Petrochromus, Joey's your man. You can't buy it anywhere else in Australia. Well, unless yeah. you're a breeder, and Joey's planning on breaking <laughs> these Petrochromus reds. Yeah. Look, I've had them. You know, it's. Once I've been invested in them for seven years, so that's that's my other hobby. So I love. Yeah. You could say that I'm heavily involved in fish, Adrian. I love nurturing them, catching them, Absolutely. eating them. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> well done, Joey. So, good yeah. little fish tank story and a good little stuff up. 
Oh, it's a freaking massive stuff up. I'm so stressed out about it. But anyways, we'll sort it out. Hey, guys, just quickly, we've got some new apparel like that we're selling now. So we've got some T-shirts and hoodies, um, not hats. So I've just made a couple of hats. They're too expensive. We need to find a better seller. But, um, yeah, we've got heaps of T-shirts and hoodies. So, yeah. Have we got some ma- more King Kong donkey ones? Um, no, we're going to get some more of them made. Well, you enjoy the King Kong Donkey Kong jelly. Oh, I love that. That's a fantastic design. I actually, look, I don't even have one, but yeah. I just, yeah, I just got FOMO. We were selling them at the boat show to all of our, our lovely fans and I'm just like in, in the flurry of everything. I forgot to put one aside for myself, but yeah, yeah. they looked awesome. I've only got one. Oh, actually, no, I've got two. Yeah. So you can probably have one of mine. Oh, cool. If you like. Nice. A bit of red and black one. Love it. Burgundy. There you go. Well, you got any more any more updates for us, Joey? Did, did we get some questions? No, we actually didn't. Well, no. I was going to continue and talk to you a bit about the, the jigging on Sudan Bank. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So what what happened with the jigging on Sudan Bank? So just to bring everyone back up to speed, we've, we've gone um, 16 hours steamed to Sudan Bank. We've done trolling in the morning, gets to about 10 o'clock in the morning and we change from trolling to jigging. So we went jigging um, at Sudan Bank and, uh, yeah, a couple of interesting techniques uh, employed there. Um, We had some people fast jigging and slow jigging, but um, probably the best technique that happened was – and so funny, these boys actually told me they were talking about this um, last time on the podcast. It was actually adding some um, bait – now, the jig. this is cheating, Jelly. You're putting literally bait on a, on a sinker, basically. Well, that's one way of looking at it, but Adrian, like, literally the first drop, once we started jigging, um, the, we, we trolled up a bonito and they were slicing up a bonito into these little cubes and they were adding them onto the um, you know, 200, Why not just chuck a 20-ounce sinker with a bait down there? Look, I suppose, but look, my, the, the first drop... Um, my cousin's hooked up to a estimated 20 to 30 kilo doggy. Yeah, right. Screaming, Did you land it? Screaming lion. No, it, 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 took, it took the bait a jig and he got it up um, just so we could see colour and it's bitten straight through the Dacron. Crazy. And you actually jigged up a bluefin um, Trevally. Yeah, blue spot Trevally. Yeah, I jigged up on um, one of them. It was on a 200 gram um, Berkeley, like a pink sort of silver flashing jig. So How much bait did you have on that jig? I didn't. At that, at that point in time, no, like I'm a purist. I've, I've been on, you know, I've been to New Zealand jigging like three times with um, with uh, with Winger and we've, we've had lots of good jigging trips. I'm best sorry, I've been to Lord Howe Island jigging kingfish. Um, so like I just refused to put the bait on, on day one. But um, look, eventually I started doing it because I was just – I was struggling. Are you getting out fish, were you? Oh, bad, bad, absolutely. Like they were just getting knocked off. Um, but but like the most common fish that we caught on that Sudan bank on the jig was um, that. Excuse me. A lot of these <laughs> uh, these fish they got French names, but I, I will do the best to translate them. There's a fish that they call a croissant, <laughs> like an actual croissant. That's exactly what I thought. What do you call a fish a croissant? And um, it basically resembles um, a red coral trout. It's got a yellow crescent on the tail, and I was telling. Is that d- it there? No, that's um, uh, Viel Rouge. That one, which is uh, I don't know, Viel Rouge. That looks like some kind of perch to me. So yeah, basically. Maybe, yeah, maybe Viel Rouge's red perch. I don't know. I will have to find out the um, 
Which well, translation this to that one looks like an emperor. Oh, that's got a some name that I don't know. Um, that that doesn't have it. I don't know what the name is for that one. But the, back to the croissant, which is a red fish with. Um, they call it a croissant because it's got a yellow crescent on its tail that looks like a croissant. But okay. I was showing Dave a picture of that and he said, oh, well, the English name for it is a coronation trout. So if you pull up a coronation trout there, that's um, that's what we – there were lots of them there. There you go. So they're absolutely delicious to eat. Yeah, very similar to a coral trout. Add something that was um, resembles a sweet lip. Um, in Mauritius they call that one a captain, a captain fish. You got some wahoo. We got some wahoo as well and a, and a stack of yellowfin tuna from uh, 20 to 40 kilos. So, look, day one and day two was just carbon copy, trolling in the morning, jigging in the middle of the day, trolling in the afternoon, have dinner, sleep, repeat. <laughs> yeah, so you just – so what I want to know is like um, when when you're a tourist on holiday and you go on these fishing charters – who gets to keep the fish? Like, is there a question when it comes to the end? Or it's just a given that you're going to give it to the locals? What happens? Well, look, we we had our eye, eye on some fish because, um, number one, it's absolutely amazing, amazing eating. Um, you know, we also caught, um, like, the, the fish that were nice to eat, you know, yellowfin tuna, oh, I'm sick of tuna. We, we catch plenty of it in Melbourne. Um, I would have loved to have eaten some wahoo. I didn't get a chance to eat some wahoo, but... The um, you know, croissant, or corona- <laughs> the coronation trout. That was absolutely beautiful, white, light flesh. We did that on the Weber. Mate, that was um, unbelievable. Um, we um, had a fish called a vaqua, which is <laughs> commonly known in Aussie as a job fish. Oh, yeah, they're jo- good. Yeah, yeah vaqua, they call it a jobby. <laughs> so we had some uh, job fish, we had some uh, croissant. Um, and... Yeah, that, that's the fish that we, we, we ate was, uh, you know, the coral fish. And and there was basically a chef at the end just waiting um, for the for the fish. But so I've got a little video here. It was like, you know, when the politicians have a media circus um, when they're about to do a speech, like we've come back. There's the chef, the head chef. The head He's chef. just picked his own tuna and just walked off with it. That's the head chef from Club Med. That's a five-star resort there. And, um, and I was like, mate, do you need a bag for that? And I'm like, no, no. I'll, just, I'll be right. <laughs> Taking the yellowfin tuna straight to the kitchen to go into the Club Med buffet that night for all the happy tourists. So that's amazing. It was it was good. It was, it was quite an experience. Um, you know, we did Sudan Bank, but this particular boat does another um, remote trip. Um, so 210 kilometres, you get to Sudan Bank. If you go another 210 kilometres to the north, you're basically in Somalia. No, there's an Another sandy atoll called St. Brandon. Ah. And apparently it's got some of the world's best GT fishing. Um, you know, you look on YouTube, type in St. Brandon Mauritius, there's there's only very few videos in it. Um, that nobody lives on this tropical island. I'm told that a Coast Guard from Mauritius will come there and they'll they'll change the Coast Guard Every six months. Like, I don't know how he eats or sleeps, but that's what my cousin told me. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, there's there's just amazing GT fishing there. Um, but you can go on the island. You can kite surf. Um, you can swim. There's a bit of nature there and whatnot. And that that's another 210 kilometres onwards to the north from Sudan Bank. It takes you 30 hours on this boat to steam there. Sometimes if the weather's uh, rough, 
you know, you have to wait to get back to Mauritius. Like it's um, look, it's not for everybody, but <laughs> I, I I love the idea of you know camping on a island in in tropical you know twenty six degree water, you know crystal clear. Oh, I can imagine all and, the and local casting. babes on this sand van on island. Yeah, mate, no, Tinder's not going to work on that place. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, th- um, throwing some poppers at some um, GT, it would be really, really nice. But, um, yeah. So when are you doing that trip? Well, well, we'll put that into – we'll consider it for next year. But, yeah, that's um, – it's cool when you go to these places. They always leave you wanting to come back for the for something else. So, it's cool. Oh, awesome, Joey. Yeah, it looks like you had a great time over there yeah. and – you avoided the family and just enjoyed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know what? The way actually twenty twenty three shaping up, I might be back at um my my but my uh, best mates are getting married in Thailand, so we we could be back at exotic fishing next year. And um yeah, with Dad's godfather being one hundred, we we might end up uh, back on those banks again <laughs> next year. Very we'll, good. Uh, we'll, we'll see what else we can capture. Yeah, um, because we'll always always I'm kitted out with the camera now, so there's no excuse to um to film. Yeah, can't wait to see adventure that gets put up later this week on our YouTube channel. It's uh, yeah, thanks. Um, it's never been easy to make amateur videos than <laughs> it is now. <laughs> that's that's absolutely right. Like everyone's got a YouTube channel. Everyone's and, got one now. So, and yeah. you know what? There's no there's no required formula to put up a video. You can put up whatever you like, and it gets accepted. So it's exactly right. It's up to the people whether they like it or not. That's it. So are we going to like your video, Joey? Well, yeah, but poor Dave's, I think, you know, he's trying to piece together, you know, us winding and gaffing like a hundred yellowfin tuna. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to look, whatever he comes up with, it's going to be, it's going to be nice. It'd be nice to share the experience with um, everybody that, that listens into this podcast. Oh, absolutely. That's that's the thing with fishing. We're, you know, we love what we do, but it's, it's nice to share that experience and maybe inspire some other people to, you know, come out and do what we do because we... We absolutely love what we do and it's um it's nice to share it with everybody. Oh, well said, Joey. Yeah. Well said. Well, I think that basically wraps up for tonight's episode. Yeah, no, it's good good having good to be back and um yeah, thanks for having us, Adrian. Yeah, thanks for coming on and sharing this story, Joey, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, make sure you give Dave a big hug and kiss when you see him as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Give him his uh, blankie and his sippy cup and we hope he gets better <laughs> for, for next time. Thanks for watching, guys. Thanks. <laughs>